you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Somebody ready for the word? Yeah. Today's a special Sunday. I don't know if you know. It's a special Sunday. Um, I want you to be ready. Just set your hearts on God. The word of God is coming to us, and it's coming to us in power. With a round of applause, I want us to watch Uncle Bijou. Oh, do it better for him. Good morning. Just to remind us, we've been talking about increasing the capacity of the church, and we've been emphasizing the place that God has in mind when He thinks of we growing up and becoming matured and multiplying ourselves in others. So we notice from Ephesians chapter 4 that everybody has a part to play. And when everybody plays their part very well, it leads to increase. We grow in Christ and we multiply Christ in other people as well. And we help them, encourage them to keep growing Christ and to enjoy their real life, which is life in Jesus Christ. And so it's important to remember that each of us play different roles at different times, sometimes. Like, I'm preaching to you today, I'm the only one preaching. We have other preachers among us, but not, they are not preaching today, okay? And it's my responsibility to preach to us this morning. It may be your responsibility to help arrange chairs to make our business feel comfortable or to just visit other people and uh, encourage them. But remember that all that we are doing, we are doing as one body with one goal. So, um, for example, Uncle Dennis just finished coordinating the first part of the service. If after coordinating the service, he goes to sit down, my job is finished, my job is done. No need to listen to the sermon. Uh, no need to help facilitators do other things that they are doing. And uh, thinking back and reflecting, oh, I coordinated the service very well. I played my role very well. Do you think that would be good? Because there are other things that need to be done. And all of them together are working towards increase. So... A gentle rebuke, choristers. Oh, that was a good song. It did well. Uh, but after the singing, there are other things to do. Okay, so don't just rejoice in what you have done. And those of you who didn't sing, you, you were happy for your friends who sang, and you were rejoicing yourselves, forgetting that the service goes on. Okay, so take note of that for next time. Okay, we are all working. Every joint, every member is supplying. And whatever we supply, if you supply properly, it goes to the increase of the church. Amen. This morning we shall be receiving some guests in the second service. If you are not aware, we would be receiving some new teenagers who will be joining Teen Chapel after graduating from the children's service. So they'll be joining us for the second service. So as a result of that, our services are going to be modified a little uh, from today into the next three weeks. You know that normally when they come, we take them through some form of orientation. We've tried to condense orientation. But hey, listen. It's an orientation for them. But I can tell you it's also an orientation for us. Because many of us have not been oriented properly into what Teen Chapel is about. So the fact that it's an orientation doesn't mean that, oh, it's for the new thing, so... Me, I'm not a part of it. I tell you, even me that does the preparation towards the orientation, stuff that I learn, I'm often amazed. Your facilitators who teach and guide you, sometimes even they learn new things. You see, it's, it's all about spiritual growth. So whatever we do, we can always learn something from it, even from the announcements. So don't relegate some aspects of the service and think that, oh, this is not that important. Are you with me? You see, I'm just advising you, but it's highly spiritual. 
It is not only when I'm under the anointing, my voice changes, and then I'm, I'm fire, all fired up. That is not only when the anointing flows. But when you obey, you learn to take simple instructions. You learn to get involved. You learn to listen to God. That's how we grow. This service is going to be very, very informal. It's not going to be like the way things have been in the past. I feel very tempted to jump way ahead of myself because we're already 15 minutes behind schedule, but let me take it easy. So, in the next few weeks, what we'll do, in the first service, we'll have our orientation for the teens, the new teens, for us, and for the facilitators, and for myself. And then in the second service, we'll continue the series that we are doing. So I encourage you, if you can, attend both services. If you can, you, you will benefit greatly. Okay. Some of you may not be able to attend both services. Well, try and get the podcast. But I tell you, the podcast will not be the same as the way the service will be. Okay, so I encourage you, if you can, to join both uh, services. So for some time now, we've been talking about seeking Jesus. We say, why is you the seek Jesus? And what is this whole thing of seeking Jesus about? It's simply about falling in love with Jesus. Uh, some of us are falling in some kind of love before, haven't we? Uh, when you were falling or somersaulting to love, what were some of the things that you were doing? And how did it all start? You see, a young guy sees a lady whether wrongly or rightly. And you think you like the person. You don't know, but some things are working inside you and you think that you need to follow the things that are working inside you. What is the next thing? You, you find a way of walking around the lady. You find a way of spying the lady from afar. Even when you come to church and they are preaching, you are not looking at the person who is preaching. You are looking at a girl and your heart is pumping and you are yearning for the time that you get close and say, hi lady, what's your name? You see, it started in the mind and it started with imaginations and then it started with motivation. The imagination led you to want to take an action. That is how it is with seeking Jesus. You've heard about him. You've heard so many good things about him. You've heard a few bad things that you don't understand. But something, you come to church and you are so excited, something encourages you that, no, I, I need to see this Jesus. I need to know this Jesus. You need to take that step and get close to him. Learn to spend time with him. And that's what the quiet time is all about. And it's not just about going through processes, but your desire to meet that thing which is boiling up inside you. I want to meet Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want to love Jesus. And God says that is the most important law. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything that you have. And as you get close to him, you realize like we have been realizing that we have been deceived in many different ways to lead a certain type of life. And you have to unlearn that life of deceit and learn to walk into the life of truth. When you know the truth and you obey, the truth will set you free. You'll be free to worship him. You'll be free to live for him. You'll be free to receive of his blessings. Worship will become your lifestyle. Letting others know about this Jesus will become your lifestyle. And you experience the lifestyle of God intervening in your affairs. 
helping your academic life, helping your spiritual life, helping your social life, helping you with your parents, helping you financially, helping you because you see, he wants to enjoy life with you. He wants to go through life with you. He wants to enjoy the good times with you. He wants to take you through the difficult times and give you deliverance and breakthroughs and miracles and you know that he is the real God and that he loves you. He will put a song in your heart and you sing it to him because you are in love with him. And you, be, you desire more that the old lifestyle must die. Yeah, that's right. And that's why we're talking about last this morning. And we're talking about last. This thing called last, it must die in our lives. We must choose to make it die because now we know Jehovah. You will declare his name. He is our friend. We live for him. He's our all. He will honor us. He says, those who honor me, I will also honor them. We will bless him because he will bless us too. We will live in love with him. Others will look at our relationship and say, man, Charlie, this thing is good. I also want that. Jehovah Shammah. I see you everywhere. Blessed Redeemer, your glory fills the earth. Everlasting Father, the one who watches me, I put my confidence in Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah, I see you everywhere. Blessed Redeemer, your glory fills the earth. Everlasting Father, the one who watches me, I put my confidence in Jehovah Shammah. Father, this morning, as we embark on this journey of dealing with lust in our lives, Help us to know that you are our blessed Redeemer. Help us to take it in and to perceive that you want to, us to live the free life. You are God. And we choose to place our trust and our confidence in you. We know that you not put us to shame. People may laugh at us for a moment. When the good life that you teach us begins to blossom. They will see and acknowledge the name of the Lord and we shall draw many into your fold. So help us to keep putting to death the things that you want us to put to death. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'll briefly introduce this subject of... Um, <coughs> putting last to death today and next week and the week after we'll try and uh, get into some real stuff and then possibly at an appropriate time we'll break up into small groups and get down to earth and get real you know this this thing is 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 killing us and it is killing our vision it's killing our passion We, 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 we want to live for God. We want to live right. We want to live a pure life. But we have been deceived, sir. And we have believed the lie to be a truth. And that is why we keep, we keep struggling with lust. I've told you my personal story so many times. I want to repeat it for emphasis of a certain focus. You see, when you are deceived to thinking that a certain lifestyle is the real lifestyle, you'll be blinded to the truth of the gospel, the truth of God. I was not born in the church, 
So I lived a very worldly life, completely sold out to deception. I believe all kinds of stuff. The interesting thing is that I was afraid. I was afraid of death, like many of you are afraid to die. You should not be afraid to die. Even at the age of 50, you should not be afraid to die. If you know who you are, if you understand death, if you understand your life in Christ, and you see death as simply a transition to another realm, you don't fear death anymore. Why do I feel tempted to digress again? Even the fear of death is a deception. I have not been doing what I've asked you to, I keep asking you to do, so I cannot remember the scripture often. Uncle Bethman, can you help me? The Bible says that all of us, all of us, we have been deceived by the devil and it causes us to be afraid of death. Uncle Bethman, can you help me? Pardon? Please, please check it there. I want us to read that scripture. The reason we are afraid of death is because we are under deception. We don't have to be afraid of death. Death is just a transition that takes you to another life. In fact, if you are a Christian, the reality, let me tell you, please put it up from Hebrews 2.15. As a Christian, when, you, when, when God takes you in the spirit and shows you the life that he's been talking about, you will not want to live on this earth anymore, no matter your age. It's because you have been deceived that this life here on this earth is good. Nobody wants to die. Look, if you are a Ghanaian and you live in this part of the world, in a single room, if all your parents struggle to pay your school fees and you want to continue living this life, it's a deception. Is it uh, Bishop Eddie Adio? I don't know why I heard this uh, testimony for the first time, but somebody shared a testimony. I think it was in this chair. I can't remember. Testimony about somebody who was shown a vision. I mean, he was taking a spirit realm to heaven, and then was taken around to see people's mansions. And then the angel took him to see his mansion, which was not completed. Uncompleted building in heaven. Oh, it was in this church, eh? Because nobody of you seem to be following my story. He saw his uncompleted building in heaven. And then the angel told him that he should go back to earth. His building is not completed. His work is not finished. He should go back and uh, finish his work. He said, no, 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 no. I like the uncompleted building like that. I'm staying here. I'm not going back. I like the uncompleted building like that. Look, when you see heaven, when God shows you what he's preparing for you, you will not fear death anymore. Hebrews 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, so long as we remain human in this body, he also himself, that is Jesus Christ, likewise took part of the same. Jesus Christ became a human being. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. It is the devil that makes death something so humongous. So fearful, so frightening that we are all afraid to die. But the Bible says, Jesus Christ destroyed the power of death. Verse 15. And delivered them through the fear of death who were all in their lifetime subject to bondage. Because of your fear of death, you are in bondage to the devil. The devil makes you feel that death is such a mysterious thing. Death has a control of you. Death is an end. Death leads to all kinds of things. So you are afraid of death. You are in bondage. I pray God that we might be set free from this bondage this morning. 
and for the rest of your life that you will no longer be afraid of death. You will live a good life on this earth. And when it's time for you to die, you are ready to go. Like Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have run the race. Now I am ready to go. He says, Do, should I go or should I stay? For your sake, I, I stay. But I wish I could go. That should be our story. We must not fear death. We fear death and we give it to last. Anything that the devil brings out, we believe it and we take it. And when God gives us the simple truth, we reject it. Because we are blinded and we are in bondage and this can happen to even we Christians. That's why we must seek Jesus. That's what all seeking Jesus is really about. This is not part of my message. But I said it's going to be quite informal. And I said to be church, I don't know why I'm so emotional about this. I think God wants you to hear this. Don't be afraid to die. Don't be afraid. Remember, it is the devil that makes you afraid of death. In order to put you in bondage. You fear death. And you will not seek Jesus. Seek Jesus. Love Jesus. Obey the most important commandments. Fall in love with Jesus over and over again. Don't fall in love with your lust. Don't fall in love with deception. Kill the lust. Let it die. Bury it. Pour concrete on it. And the way to do that is to continually seek Jesus. I told you about how I was worldly and I was deceived that life without fornication is no life. And then when I came face to face with the truth of the gospel, to live a pure life, to continue to walk in holiness, I said, ah, God, this life is good. But the fornication too is good. So I was torn between two lives. The life of truth and the life of deception. I had lived the life of deception all along. I was beginning to learn the life of truth. I knew it was good, but it was difficult for me to live. But I was seeking Jesus. I wanted to love him more. And Jesus was wrapping me. And I knew that it was true. But at the same time, the old life was pulling me. So I came to an agreement with God. God, you know what? I think this thing is very simple. I enjoy fornication, so let me fornicate. And then when I finish, your word says, because we are in love, your word tells me that, you know, when we sin and we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me. And so you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So we entered into that deal. And God said, no, no problem. Said, That's the good thing about God. He says, come and let's reason together. Don't, don't hold back. If you are believing a, a deceit and you think that it is, it is all good, don't keep it to yourself. Talk to God about it. He says, come and let's reason. And I went and we reasoned. And God said, okay. It didn't take long before God made me realize how foolish my thinking was. And the Bible says, you see, people like that, your thinking is darkened. Your understanding is darkened. Your life has been blackened by the seed of the devil. He makes you see something which is white as black. And that which is black, he makes you see it as pure gold. And then you run after it. This thing called last. It is possible to live a pure life. I struggled with last. I opened up to God. I was set free. And I moved on and lived on impurity. And I was telling a group of people very recently, you know, all these 35 years of my married life, I've lived a pure life. You no, know, I've, I've not had even struggles with lust. It is not an issue. Don't get me wrong, I have hormones. I'm not a superhuman being. I'm also prone to deception. But I choose to believe the truth. So, oh yes, me too, I'm a guy. I'm a, I'm a guy, so let me talk as a guy. I'm not a lady, so unfortunately I cannot talk like a lady, even though I understand a little bit about ladies. I see ladies. 
I see nice, admirable ladies. And I admire them. There's nothing wrong with admiring them. But I don't desire them. I can look at you and admire you. I don't desire you. You see, somebody said, if you have a Cadillac parked in your house, when you see somebody's nice beetle, you don't go running after the beetle. You can only see the beauty of your Cadillac when you are looking up to Jesus. When you are falling in love with him, when you are seeing the truth in him, when you are catching a glimpse of his glory, when you are seeing beyond the now, or if all you see is now, if I don't get there once I'm finished, so when you see a poor, you run after a poor, you forget that you're a Christian. You forget. Look, choose to live right. Choose to live right. Look, let me read my scripture and then we'll close. I've even, I couldn't even start what I wanted to start. <laughs> so let's look at, let's go back to uh, the book of uh, Ephesians. But this point has decided to. Okay, just take me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Okay, okay. Ephesians 4, verse 23. We'll just read some scriptures, we'll pray in the wood. We'll continue next week. Ephesians 4.23 Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is one of the most simple instructions in scripture for young Christians. And if you can learn to obey this scripture all our struggles with sin, impurity, lust, and the like will come to an end. It's so simple that anybody can obey it. Yet when we choose not to obey, we, we complicate our lives. You know we are fast, isn't it? And sometimes the first thing gets to a stage, you feel it, power, don't you? Yes. Last week, Sunday, we, we decided to have leadership school after church because of the fasting, so we can close early and go and rest. And some people ran away because they were hungry and they wanted to go and eat. So they thought leadership school. Somebody entered into an agreement, a good agreement, that you stay for leadership school and uh, you end some KFC. It's a better arrangement. Don't run away. You do some. It's not everybody that can get it. Anyway. But fasting can be painful. It hurts. But it's good. You see, apart from the spiritual benefits, fasting cleans up your system. Biologically, it cleans up your system. Medically, it cleans up. There's too much poison in us. We are eating too much poison. From time to time, let the body rest. You know, there's something that God did in creation that allows everything to rest at a certain stage in life. There's a time the sun goes down and everybody must sleep. If you don't sleep for two, three days and see. Those of us who came for the all night, some of us are still struggling to catch up. For some of us, age is catching up on us. So when we don't sleep, we feel it for a very long time. But when you don't sleep, you, you feel it. You have to come to a point of rest and sleep. When God worked, he worked for six days. He created the world for six days. On the seventh day, he rested. And he made a law that we must all rest on the seventh day. We don't go to school forever. We are students, but we don't go to school forever. It gets to a state that we go on holidays. And when we come on holidays, we are supposed to rest. It is this educational system that has led to all these extra classes and this extra class. And instead of resting, we are doing extra classes. Rest the body, rest the mind. In farming, 
We don't cultivate the same land year after year after year. There's a time you need to give the land rest. Give your body rest from food. From time to time you must do that. Allow God's design to clean the body and clean the system and prepare you for the next level of your life. Take time off the things that you enjoy in life. Look, if you are not married, let me not go there. Take time off. Yesterday, a church workers meeting. We were having an interactive time. And then somebody was sharing about how some things that she enjoys, she normally enjoys doing. Every day, her regular routine life. Now, there are three slots in the day that she has to watch movies. And we are fasting. She goes without food. She prays. She reads a Bible. She does so many good things. But then watching the movie is good. And she enjoys it. And she asks, so what should I do? Rest from watching movies for a while. Rest from food for a while. Even when you are studying, sometimes rest a while. Your brain will be rejuvenated. And when you get back to your books, what you will learn in five minutes, you will learn it in 30 seconds. Rest is very, very important. Take time to rest. Why did I even digress? I don't know why I wanted to rest. But I was talking about the, the, simple, the simple scripture for all of us to obey. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Renewal begins from the mind. Killing last, dealing with the emotion, hormones issue, it begins from the mind. If you think your own way of thinking, you will continue to struggle. If you begin to allow the word of God to change your mind, change the way you think, change the way you understand things, change the way you see things, the issue of lust will become an easy issue. Don't tell yourself, my emotions, my hormones are working. There's nothing I can do about it. There's everything you can do about it. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Change your mind with the word of God. Get into the truth. Listen to messages over and over and over again. The first time you learn a message, you hear a message, not everything will get in. That you have, that's how we are investing in podcasts. And many of you are not taking advantage of it. How many of you go to lectures or classes or whatever it is? Only once. And you think you are ready for exams. You don't read your notes again. You don't do revision again. You don't do anything. You just go to class, hear what the teacher teaches, and then you are ready for exams. You will get F in chase. So when you hear a message, and the message challenges you, listen to it again, and listen again, and listen again, and listen again, until you catch the spirit of the message. The Bible says, the letter, the word, it kills. But the spirit gives life. It's not just the words that you hear. It's not just my stories I'm telling you. It is the spirit of what I am saying that will transform you. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You need to have a different mindset. And because you are Christian or you are born again, you, you, you have received Jesus Christ, you speak in tongues, you go to camp, you do all these things, you, you work in church. But you are struggling. Because your mind is not renewed. It is not continually renewed. You hear a good message, you, you receive a, a, a prophecy, and oil is poured on you, and you feel some goosebumps, and you, you feel some things, you get some small revelation, and you think that you have arrived. It's like entering the classroom, listening to the lecturer speak, and then you are ready for exams. The devil will flow you when he comes. Get into the word. Read the word. Talk to God about the word. Talk to your friends about the word. Listen to the message again. Listen the second time. Listen to it the third time. Listen to it a fourth time. Sometimes messages that I preach myself, I listen to it several times. Not just once, not just twice, not just three times. 
Because God needs to speak to me as well. And it's not just my messages. When I listen to a message and the message impacts me, I try to listen to it again and again and again. You have to soak in the spirit of the word. You see, sometimes you hear a message. So many things are said. But it's like, after three days, you, you can hardly remember even what was said. But if the message impacts you, you will always remember this message impacted me and changed my life. But if I ask you to summarize the message, you see that you have very little to say. Because it's not the words. It's the spirit of the message. Many of you have shared with me, and many of you keep talking about how the message last week really has impacted with the message of deception. If I tell you to reproduce that, well, you can't. But what you have received, which cannot be taken away, is that a life of deception will destroy you. And that you should not be deceived. You have understood and caught that spirit. How I convince you, I don't know. How the Holy Spirit convinced you, I don't know. But the spirit of the message is that there is deception in this world. And don't be deceived. So Paul says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man. We have an old man. We have the old life. And the old life is very much alive. That is why you must kill it. Nobody will kill it for you. The Holy Spirit will not kill it for you. God will not do that for you. God did not take away the desire in me for fornication. It was there. And I could have chosen to continue fornicating and still kept coming to church. The truth is that I wouldn't have enjoyed the fornication and I wouldn't have enjoyed church. You're lost. You're not here. You're not there. Bible says this new man is being created in righteousness and true holiness. You see, many of us are struggling to live pure. You can't take your mind off the guys. You can't take your mind off the ladies. And you are not understanding why. Don't try to take your mind off the ladies. Don't try to take your mind off the guys. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Focus on the spirit of the mind. Focus on the new life. Focus on the truth in the word. When you do that, the old life, you begin to lose desire for it. If you get to your stage, you ask yourself, why at all was I enjoying these things? And young people, listen to me. The lady that you are dying for today, 10 years time, you look at the same lady and say, what at all did I see in this lady? If you like, believe me. If you like, don't believe me. But more importantly, focus on Jesus. Put on the new man. And then he, he begins to list a whole list of things that you must be, be, be wary of to put away. You, you could take every one of them and talk about them in detail. We'll give you excellent sermons, excellent teachings, excellent exhortations. And if you haven't caught the spirit, the understanding of the spirit of deception, you will not mind us. After, after one year, you for, one year is too much. After one month, you forget everything and you go back to your old ways. He says, so put away lying. Some of us cannot do without lying. Yeah, of course, who took the money from the table? It's not me. You want the money in your pocket. Sometimes even in church, even in church, I catch you talking. What do I say? I wasn't talking. In church. You see, lying, it is a deception. You are afraid of the consequences of your answer. You don't even know why the person is asking you the question. But you have just taken it up for yourself. I, I shouldn't let you know the truth. Learn to be yourself. I was going to use somebody's illustration, but it would be embarrassing, so I wouldn't. But just learn to speak the truth. 
Okay, let me use th this illustration, but our policy is that well, you can't even know who I'm talking about. Even the person may not know I'm talking about him. Somebody did something. Light put all to the parents. And the parents came to inform us about something which had happened at home. And then we called the person, we were chatting with the person, and the person was continuing to lie. And, and we knew that the person was lying at the stage. Like a lawyer, I began to put it to him that you, you did this right. Yes. Why did you do it? And he answered. So after long, when the truth now finally came out, he said, okay, you know what? Go to your parents and go and tell them the truth. Now, what you said was a lie, that this and this and this is what you did. I said, I can't do it. I said, you have to do it. Don't be afraid of the consequences. And when you go, tell your parents, I want to tell you a series of things. Please don't interrupt me. Because once they interrupt you, when they get another and they explode, you can't continue. So tell them, I beg you, uh, let me finish before you talk. The, the person went, told the parents everything. You know what the parents told us? This is not a big deal. Why didn't you speak the truth? You wish you know the food to I'll tell you. You don't need to. Because you do not want me to tell your own. You see, because you are under deception, you are under bondage that telling the truth, the consequences will be such that, I mean, I don't know what my parents will do. I don't know what my teachers will do. I don't know what authorities will do. Do you know what God will do? Stop lying. Put it away. Just choose not to lie. Tell yourself. The Bible says I should not lie. God, it's difficult. I'm afraid, but I won't lie again. And put on the new man of truth and ask for grace. That's how it, it's, it's, it's so it cannot be made any simpler. Jesus has finished the work. He says, just put on what I have done and put off the old one. Speak the truth to your friends. Speak the truth at school. Speak the truth in church. You can be angry, but don't, don't, don't do bad things when you're angry. Don't sin. Some of you, your anger is terrible. When you get angry, you start banging things. And I've seen some in church. Sometimes you look at hey. It is their own life. Put it off. And it all begins in your mind. Because that's what you have been doing in the past. Some of you get angry and you have to throw blows. You cannot get angry and not throw blows. And you have become a Christian. You are trying to learn the new life. But still the old is there. So when somebody angers, some, some of you, you had the opportunity, if not because I was a leader, you would have beaten me well. And some of you ladies, you will sort as papa. So you don't do it in our face. But when you are among yourself, that Uncle Bishop, what does, he, what does he think of himself? Don't you do it. Oh, you do small. You see, it is the old life. And the Bible is saying that you must put it off. You can get angry. We, we learned a leadership school about how to be assertive. Get angry. You can get angry at me. You can get angry at Uncle Bert. You can get angry at anybody. But go to your Uncle Bertman. The way, the other time, the way you look up there, I didn't like it at all. I, I, it made me feel very bad. And it, it made me very angry. When I went to, I couldn't eat. I was so angry. Speak the truth. <laughs> Speak the truth. Speak the truth. Don't sin. Don't get, don't get angry and sin. If I, let me skip this one. Because let, don't let the sun go down your right. It's another thing. Okay. But you see, verse 27, it says, don't give place to the devil. You see, when you do these things, when you lead the old life, what you are doing is that you are giving the devil a foothold in your life. And if you don't keep dealing with it and keep putting on the old man and killing the old, what happens is that that foothold becomes what you call a stronghold. You are anointed, but you have a stronghold of the devil. You become a rich person in the future, but you have a stronghold of the devil. What it means is that the, the devil has a hold on you which is very strong. You become a pastor, a preacher. 
You start your own organization. The devil has a stronghold in your life. And any time he wants to manipulate you, you stand on that stronghold and do what he likes. And there's nothing you can do about it because you gave him the legal right into your life. The Bible says, don't give the devil any foothold. Don't. Don't. Verse 28, let him who stole steal no more. Yeah, for the stealing. Uh, let's not go there. But rather, let him work hard. Work hard. You see, sometimes, you, because we are students, and because we don't work, and because our parents do the work and give us the money, we, we take things for granted. Hey, uh, where do I go with this? Five minutes. You see, we don't work. But you are full-time children. You are full-time students. Technically, if you don't study hard, that is should not pay your fees. Yeah. That is a law of life. What, what, you, what you sow is what you reap. In the workplace, we enter into a work agreement. I work for you, you pay me. If I don't work for you, you don't pay me. You're in the house. What work are you doing in the house? Why should mommy continue to sacrifice and give you uh, pocket money? See, your, mom, your mom there, she's not fashionable. She can't buy a new shoe. Or she can't buy new shoes. Why should she give the money to you? Because I'm your, I'm your child. It is our responsibility to work hard in the house. To work hard in school. And to work hard in church. The Bible says, he who does not work, he should not eat. So if you don't do house chores, you find your parents should not give you food. It's a simple principle. And the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. And it comes with a promise that to go away with you. But honor them. Let me leave this. We'll, another time we'll discuss it some more in, uh, in detail. See, let, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. This thing is heavy. But look, the kind of things that come out of our mouth. Teenagers, church members, sometimes we, we enjoy talking profane. We like profane songs, profane stories. And we say some. Look at the way you're all quiet and looking at me as if what I'm saying is a lie. Many years ago in Teen Chapel, the facilitators can attest to this. Many years ago in Teen Chapel, we're having youth week. And a peer leader, a leader of a department, was coming to share, came to share, not was coming, came to share a joke. Profane, youth week. Do you remember? Yes, yes. No, you don't. We are not there. <laughs> I had to rebuke him publicly. Yes. Can you imagine Uncle Desmond coming to preach and in the preaching? He, okay, let's see. It's not preaching. Let's say it's, it's, facilitators are come to create some fun. I mean, it's not, everything is not all about preaching and the seriousness. Then Uncle Dennis comes to share a joke and then start telling a profane story. What kind of life is that? In church, at least do that in the, in the hidden place and let God deal with you. you but you can't pollute everybody's mind and a leader. No. Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. You see, when you do these things, you make the Holy Spirit sad. Don't grieve him. Don't make him weep. I wish I could have used this illustration, but you will not understand because you are not married. Don't let the Holy Spirit weep. Don't let the Holy Spirit be sad because of the words that come out of your mouth. Let me move on quickly and then close where I want to close. Okay. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you, malice, all that. Be kind to one another, tender hearted. Just forgive, just like how Jesus Christ has forgiven you. 
Be followers of God, dear children. Seek after him. Walk in love, just as Christ has loved us and has given himself to us. And offer a sacrifice before God as a sweet-smelling savor. Fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you. We should not even be talking about lust. We shouldn't. The Bible says, let it not be named. If you are a Christian, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, let's not even go there at all. But we have to go there because we are not killing the old man. This thing called lust, we are going to kill it. And it goes on. Filthiness, foolish talking, jesting, they are not convenient, they are not helpful. For this you know, that no warmonger, no unclean person or covetous person who is an idolater had any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you. This is what deception is doing to us. Things which must not be talked about in church is what we are doing. Instead of encouraging one another, encouraging one another to serve God, encouraging one another to love God, encouraging one another to to work for God, encouraging one another to see more glory, encouraging one another to see revival, encouraging one another to go out into the world and convince our friends. We are doing the things that our friends are also doing. What's the difference between us? What is our testimony? Don't let yourself be deceived. We need to close. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. In this season when we talk about lust, as we seek you, things which should not even be mentioned among us, yet we are struggling with them. Give us wisdom. Help us to walk the right path. And help us to honor you rather than grieve you. In Jesus' name, amen.